Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Movie Mastery in Theaters Now. I am John. Over there is Jeff. We are your hosts, and we are talking about the movie that you voted that we go see this month in theaters. Weird vote. Oh, it's an amazing vote that it won. It. It won. It, it did. It did win. It won. It, and it, it won. Yeah, it was it. It's it. What's what it? is it? <laughs> Well, let us tell you what it is <laughs> Yeah, over the next about an hour or so. Yeah, so instead of something ridiculous like the Lego Ninjago movie winning this month, you guys actually wanted us to go see a for reals movie. It was amazing. Yeah, with like a budget and stuff. Although I bet you the budget might be comparable to the Le- Lego Ninjago movie. <laughs> that Ninjago's got deep pockets. I am amazed we didn't have to go see that. I was all set because it has like Kumail Nanjiani in it. I was going to be okay. Well, uh, but but here we are. Oh yeah, we got to go see a horror movie which uh let me just fill you in is near and dear to my heart. The original Tim Curry it the like 1992 or something. Mhm. Uh that is some straight up classic nonsense. It is probably one of the first horror things I saw and it is it was one of those make or break movies for me uh-huh. where it, it fucked me up and that meant I was either never going to go ahead and see any horror again or I was going to get obsessed with it. Uh-huh. And what did you choose? Oh, I got obsessed. I got real <laughs> obsessed. I think I saw that when I was like seven years old and then I read the book when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. So it was it was one of those things where I was super into this and they'd been working on this remake for like five years. Uh, they had originally had, uh, what's his name, Kerry Fukunaga? Yeah, that's the weird thing about this, is that there's like four directors attached to this movie over time. It, it, you would think it would suck more, given the amount that they had to settle on, on reshoots and new directors. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently uh, the Fukunaga version was a slightly more graphic. Okay. And, and so his whole like uh wait graphic how though are we talking like gore or are we oh. talking like closer to the stupid sex-filled gross stephen king novel on which this is based <laughs> yeah that's right i said it it is a stupid book yeah you're dumb there's the one <laughs> stupid scene there's more than one well i mean there's i can think of three based on nothing but what you told me about the book yesterday <laughs> Yeah, there is the infamous, like, ridiculous running a train scene. Yeah, there's there's everyone take a turn having sex with Bev because it'll show us the way out of the dungeon. Yeah. Let me tell you, that would never work in Zork. <laughs> you don't know. You never tried. Run a train on Bev. <laughs> there is not this idea. Do you want to go west? Nah, man. You never tried. You never typed go- <laughs> run a train on Bev in a Zork. To the north is a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> Have gross sex with her. All right, you know the way out of the dungeon. Uh, the a turtle nose, <laughs> a turtle nose. Oh, a little turtle nose. How cute. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the whole thing with the original version was that like the creative differences is I wanted to show a lot more gore, mm-hmm. and they were and because they didn't want that, he's like, oh, you just want a sanitized version for the masses. Mer. What did Kerry Fukunaga do? Why why was his name important? I can't remember what he was attached to before this. Okay, sure. Why not? Because all I can remember is uh, Muschietti, who's the one who directs this one, did Mama, Mm. who was uh, it was a horror film that came out a few years ago. And oh my gosh, did Mama kill a man? No. Did she put a gun against his head and pull pull the trigger? No. She was a weird ghost. Oh well, I guess then now she's dead. Yep. All right. Uh, so I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry for dragging that that song into our into our home, John. That, <laughs> How dare you? That com- that completely overused song at this point. Yes, I hate when that song becomes this nerd cu- cultural.
cultural touchstone. <laughs> people are like, you don't understand, guys. I went into the store and started singing Bohemian Rhapsody, and everyone joined in. It's like, yeah, duh. It's like the fucking national anthem at this point. <laughs> well, way, no, way more people know Bohemian Rhapsody than they know the national anthem. Yeah, it's way more popular in other countries, too. So yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, why aren't we just playing that when we win a medal at the Olympics? <laughs> Well, uh, probably because Freddie Mercury was from, like, Zanzibar. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, this movie, uh, you never read the book. Did you watch the original Tim Curry I have watched the Tim Curry version of it, yes. Okay. I have not read the Stephen King book, It, although I've read several synopses of it and had you tell me about it, and it sounds like something I don't want to read. No, I mean, the problem is everyone's going to focus on the the stupidest aspects of it. You should. Everything should be judged by its worst part. Part. <laughs> if, oh, man. If, for example, that means I'm going to get judged real harsh. <laughs> don't worry, you are. I'm just saying that if you if you flip through a book and there's like, how do you get out of this dungeon? You sex up a 13 year old. What happens to gay people? They get beat to death. Okay, well, all right. I don't want to read this. Well, it's not that like, oh boy, let's kill gay people. It's this is a fucked up thing. It's saying that killing gay people is fucked up. Oh, fair enough then. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so just be prepared during our spoilery review that i'm gonna get real heavy into both the book and the tim curry version for comparisons as well and i'm gonna get tipsy yeah i'm gonna go get a mics <laughs> i want a headache later but the spoiler free review for this for me super amazing the kids do a great job they are really good in this film and the effects are super interesting they want a very different way mm-hmm. For those that get pissed off at CGI, there is definitely way more CGI in this than, say, the TV movie version. Uh, But, yeah, for me, absolutely a recommend. Go see it in theaters. I've seen it twice. I don't usually like horror movies. I don't particularly care for Stephen King, and this movie was full of generic Hollywood cliches. That said, they did a great job on all of them. I would also recommend this movie. Awesome. So we'll be back after the the music and give you the full spoiler review of Stephen King's it. And we are back. It's time to dig. Dig deep. Oh, for a second there, I thought you were going to say it's time for donkey talk. <laughs> no, it is never time for donkey talk. Not on this show. Not on this, my show. This is my show, and we will have none of that shenanigans, sir. Oh, can't we have some kind of gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> the gimmick is well thought out, even-headed reviews. You should have told me that like 50 episodes ago, then. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, it's time to time to dig into the it. Mm, shallow and pedantic. <laughs> This, this shallow, pedantic it. It's no Ibsen. <laughs> it isn't. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm trying to be even-headed and level and do like a New Yorker-style review. Oh, I don't want a New Yorker-style review. Then everyone's going to be like, Christ, what an asshole. <laughs> per the illustrious George Will. <laughs> per the illustrious George Went. <laughs> this movie truly is a representation of hegemony qua hegemony. <laughs> Uh, as a uh, post-industrial colonizing movie, we can definitely see the influence of Wallace's writing here. It's virtually Reichian. <laughs> Ultimately, a Brechtian chamber drama worthy of Almodovar. <laughs> Good. We're done. We're done with that. There, there's your shitty review. Someone go ahead and parse any of what we just said. <laughs> Because it was just buzzwords. Uh, welcome to buzzword talk. That's our gimmick. <laughs> there it is, buzzword talk. Gonna ride that buzzword, buzzword. 
Uh, I'm down to the honky Tuz word. <laughs> oh, honky Tuz word. <laughs> oh, Jake, man. new character. Great, new character, honky Tuz word. <laughs> That's going in. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you lead this one, John. You're the one who had like a big old boner for this movie. I oh, yeah. You, you got like two boners. I've got double boner for this movie. Yeah. And, two boners uh, way up, raves I've, John of Rolling Stone. <laughs> I've got comments section. Multiple boners. I've got so many, so many lady boners. <laughs> Uh, so this movie is uh, much like basically anything. It's going to start with the Georgie scene, which yeah, most movies start with the Georgie. Just scene. like every movie, yeah, you got to start with that Georgie, Georgie scene. scene. Well, it did. I mean, you had that thing that was in the box, a box that yeah, ripped yeah. a dude apart. Yeah, and first Georgie it offered scene. him a boat. Yeah, it was like like. <laughs> Holds up a little boat. Yeah. He's like, oh, my boat. Oh, dude, I've been missing this boat. Well, come on come on in my box and get the boat. <laughs> Said a velociraptor painted like a clown. <laughs> oh, man. And then, of course, the Georgie scene occurs entirely in, in quietly behind the yellow crawl in Star Wars movies. Yeah, you can always see. If you look yeah, in most, the distance, you'll see it. Most people are too busy reading the text going by. But if you look in the background, you can see a child violently pulled into a sewer by a clown. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's well known. It's documented. It's it's like the Wilhelm scream at this point. <laughs> it's just in so many movies. <laughs> if you spot it, you're like, oh, there's the Georgie scene. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Let's move. <laughs> uh, so the book, of course, starts out, and the movie starts out, and the TV movie starts <laughs> Smash out. Smash cut to the movie starting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With uh, Georgie and Bill Denbra, uh, Bill is going to be our sort of de facto leader of the ensemble cast. In yeah, this. he's got the hero haircut in the movie, you can tell. Yeah, but even the hero is a stuttering nerd. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a member of the titular Losers Club. Yes. Oh, but- wait, I guess that's not really titular, is it? No. Like the book's called Losers <laughs> Club. The Losers Club. <laughs> it uh, might as well have been. It wouldn't change the content of the book. No. And people would be able to talk about it without people being like, wait, were you saying talking about it? Like, capital or were you talking about it generally (laughs) i was talking about it the losers club you know the movie yeah (laughs) but uh you can tell he's a huge nerd from the stuff that is on his walls you can also tell that they've advanced this movie according to uh like the book and the uh, tv series are both set in the 50s yeah this has been advanced to the late 80s yep so he's got gremlins and beetlejuice on his wall as well as two different advanced dungeons and dragons posters yes yeah posters no less oh yeah we never see the books in the movie no no, but we never really get a shot of his bookshelf. You never know. He could have been a huge D&D nerd. I, I feel like, and I'm going to say this a couple times, I'm guessing, that that a lot of this movie's post-production work was adding shit to the movie based on the success of Stranger Things. <laughs> like, it was probably already done with principal photography, and then they had to run in there and be like, put Dungeons and Dragons in there. People won't stop talking about this fucking Netflix thing. <laughs> no, I get, mean... Get one of the kids from it and add them in post. Uh, uh, it, it is amazing to me that there's that much stuff with it before Stranger Things even came out that they had all of this shit. Yeah. Well, they're all touched on points of nerds in the late 80s. Like, oh, yeah. How else are you going to do it? They're like, oh, man, it's late 80s. How do we tell everyone that this kid is a nerd? Nah, D&D. Yeah, you give him some D&D. I'm surprised they didn't give him one of those novelty oversized D12s you see from time to time when they try to do this stuff. Uh, nah, that'd be later. No one's no one's doing an oversized D12. And- nerds are. No, no movie nerds are it's a shorthand thing when they're like you got to be playing dungeons and dragons here's a an action figure you're gonna call your miniature and a giant die that you can see on a camera 
Uh, also, here's a bunch of graph paper. <laughs> a lot of it. Just now, so much. Start playing D&D, by which I mean start saying things that would be crazy to any D&D player. Yeah. Well, it's the same in any movie. As soon as someone like plays a video game in a movie, they're just sitting there mashing buttons as oh, yeah. hard as they can and, the con- and swinging the controller. Yeah, and meanwhile, the, these, the uh, soundtrack is playing a bunch of beeps and boops as if they were playing like an Atari game. Yeah. And then it like does, it does a shot of the actual TV, and it's just someone like calmly walking and then shooting a gun. Usually <laughs> like, it's oh, Doom. Come on. Like they show Doom and all the mu- all the sound effects are like beep 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 beep. You're like, what the fuck is this? How hell- heavily did you mod this shit? It's <laughs> real heavily. <laughs> I, I modded it so that every single picture is of Sheldon, and that any time a noise happens, it just says Bazinga. Ugh. Man, you're making me really happy. I'm no longer in the days of heavily modded first-person shooters for me, <laughs> where you had to play in the, oh, the entire arena is made out of Barneys, and you have to kill all these Beavises and Buttheads and every. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good memories. Yeah, and every time you fire a gun, it's South pa- it's uh, Cartman saying something. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, Georgie wants to get a boat, because it's raining, and he's... Bill's making a paper boat for him, and he's got to wax it up so it doesn't sink or nothing. Yeah, he gets the gulf wax. He does real good with that gulf wax. Yeah, he's got to he's got to wax it up so that it'll float. Yeah. Wait, when you say it, do you mean the movie or I mean the boat? Okay, thank you. I mean the movie. I mean uh, so the movie will float. I wanted to make. I just wanted to clarify. I feel what like I mean by it important. is hope. So yeah. it hope will float. <laughs> Hope floats. Oh man, it is. Or it, there will be hope, or whatever is also a really good crystal method song. <laughs> anyway, he has to go down into the basement to get the golf wax. I think that's where you were trying to go before I rudely interrupted. No, I don't care because uh, that's the first scare of the movie. Is there's like some orbs in the basement that look like eyes? Yeah, it's uh, Georgie's scared of the basement, and he goes down there, freaks himself out. There's nothing in there, but he gets the wax. He gets his boat, and he's going to go sail that, and he uh, just puts it on uh, the street, follows it around, and boy howdy, it gets away from him and goes into a sewer, and there's Pennywise. And we get uh, Skarsgård's Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, uh, Bill Skarsgård's Pennywise. And very different from the Tim Curry one, as he's playing him way more sinister. Yeah, he's definitely doing a lot more of a menacing. Tim Curry couldn't help but be campy in any given situation. Oh, yeah. The Tim Curry Pennywise was just like, ha ha, I'm having fun with this. Yeah. Like, We're- Tim Curry is basically just Dr. Frank in clown makeup. Just, <laughs> I'm going to eat you, I guess, Reggie. Richie. Reggie. There's some guy named Reggie. I don't know. Come on, the book's 1,100 pages long. You're telling me there's not a Reggie? No, there is no Reggie. There's no Reggie, no Reginald, no Reg. <laughs> not even is- a register. What about a Roger? <laughs> Uh, what about a Regina? <laughs> beep, beep, Regina. <laughs> yeah, well, let's get a gender swapped it happening. <laughs> uh, good lord. So in the uh, the book and the TV series, it it doesn't go into a lot of detail on what happens to him. But in this one, he straight just like bites Georgie's arm off. Yeah, he bites Georgie's arm clean off, and then Georgie tries to crawl away, leaving a big blood trail behind, and then he just gets. Yanked into the uh, into the sewer by Pennywise's Dalsim arm. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, he has like a an eight foot long arm. He snakes out and grabs Georgie and just ah, just drags him in there. Yeah, and during this, while he is looking into the drain and sort of having his conversation with Pennywise, we see a neighbor who's like out and putting up her uh, blinds. Yeah, she has while some the like storm, storm is going. Some like storm blinds that she's hanging up and. Uh, 
it's indicative of the whole thing with Derry, the town where this takes place, that the grown-ups just sort of ignore anything that's going on. Like, any wrongdoing or anything that's going on with kids, really, they just completely ignore as she sees a kid just face first in a drain and doesn't say like hey kid what's going on she's like okay and then turns around and does some stuff and then when she looks back there's like a pile of blood and she still is just kind of like huh no she calls someone she like freaks out and runs out there that was the one time in the movie where i was like oh an adult that's concerned oh she doesn't though she straight is just like huh and then it goes to like a close-up of the cat and then it is later that year oh okay well fair enough yeah it is sort of weird in this movie that adults just straight up are completely unable to see things i guess that's because it's in the book yep uh pennywise is like a murder entity that preys on children but it relies on belief and when you're a grown-up apparently you just don't believe in monsters so you can't see anything that it does okay uh so but you can still see the aftermath so you know you can still see that pile of blood from georgie because it's georgie's blood (laughs) i believe in little kid blood I believe in little kid blood. Just listen to the rhythm of my heart. Oh, boy. That is gross. That's so, super gross. So, yeah, Georgie gets eaten, as he always does, and it's rather graphic. You have to watch him crawling away with one arm screaming. Yeah. Yeah, they did a pretty good job with making him terrified. Uh, so then we get introduced to the sort of core losers group. Uh, we get uh, Richie Tozier, big glasses, kid from Stranger Things yeah, that you would recognize. Yeah, his name is Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. Which, let, let's face it, that's the coolest name ever, and he should be a D&D character. Yeah, that guy is rad as fuck, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. He should be hanging out with Honky Tuzzword, solving <laughs> mysteries in a dungeon. Uh, and Richie Tozier is the motor mouth that is constantly being jokey and an asshole yeah and his jokes are almost always about one guy's mom almost it's pretty much just always like ah just like your mom's vagina <laughs> well yeah i mean when you're like an 11 or 12 year old kid that's that's basically your repertoire <laughs> which is weird because my repertoire is your mom's vagina huh yeah it's weird inter- yeah <laughs> i can play that thing like a stradivarius <laughs> Uh, we also, we also get, uh, Stan Uris, the Jew. (laughs) That's a little reductive. That's, that is basically his role in this. He is definitely the worst character in this, unfortunately for the, for the actor playing him. Basically, he just plays him as a total coward that doesn't want to be involved. Yes. I mean, Stan pretty much was a character who was like the last one to believe in anything. And he's, he definitely wants to be as logical as possible. Yeah. But his whole role in this is just, you're the Jewish kid. Yeah, it's true. Like they give him, they, they create a scare for him that involves him being in synagogue. Oh yeah. And Which the original, uh, thing in for his, it was a painting yeah. in this movie. The original script, the Fukunaga one was like a naked lady that was pleasuring herself in the ritual bath that you would normally go in. That's a little much, Carrie. Yeah, that's it, that is it, part of the reason they were like, nah, brah. Isn't nah. it basically a werewolf in the book? Uh like werewolf is for Richie, the mummy is for Stan. There you go, he gets a mummy. But we have, but for some reason it's gotta be a, a naked masturbating lady. Yeah. Good, good call, Carrie. Because <laughs> if there's one thing that it was wasn't already famous for, it's gross sex things. Yeah. So uh we well, also masturbating get- naked ladies aren't gross. I should Well, I should- she was rotting. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll cover you on that one. Thank you. Thank you for covering my bet. <laughs> but now it's like a munches the scream, except it's a lady playing the flute. 
Yeah. Like, it literally looks like Edvard munches the screen. Like, the, her face is all contorted and sideways. Yeah, you get one of those uh, weird paintings where it's, like, small eyes and a long face that's kind of bendy. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a munch painting, and she's playing a flute, and then she drops a real flute, and all of a sudden she's a real live lady <laughs> with a gross sideways face uh, and shark teeth. Everyone's got shark teeth in this. Well, of course they do. It's all shark teeth all the way down. Uh, and we also get Eddie Kasprak, our hypochondriac uh, with a mother that's basically Munchausen by proxy. Yeah. Boy, you're sticking with that New Yorker thing, aren't you? All the way down. Munchausen by proxy. Yeah, that's right. It's a term. <laughs> you're a term. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so that's your your core loser club. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's the basics of them. Uh, they did a really good job casting Eddie, by the way. Eddie's one of those teenagers that you find that's like somehow perpetually five years old in terms of size. Oh yeah, he's super tiny. He looks frail, and he's constantly like, "Guys, I don't want to go in there. I might get a cut or some poison ivy, or there might be gross bacteria." He looks like a kid version of Steve Rogers before the serum. <laughs> yes. So the great casting on him. Honestly, great casting all around with these kids. Oh yeah. The the kids are all amazing. We uh actually got Mike Hanlon, the one black kid in all of Derry. Mm-hmm. And he works on a farm and his whole thing is he like doesn't want to kill a sheep. No, he doesn't want to use the bolt gun to kill a sheep. Yeah. Uh which and then like an old man who's like his uncle or something is like, You gotta do this because either you're the guy killing the sheep or you're the sheep. Yep. And I was like, ah, I don't know if that's true. I feel like I've gone a pretty long time in my life without killing a sheep or being killed for being a sheep. What if I'm the guy that shears sheep? Yeah. <laughs> what if I'm a sheep who doesn't get killed? What if I'm a free-range sheep? <laughs> what if I'm a sheep that kills guys? <laughs> what if I'm in the New Zealand movie Black Sheep and I'm sort of a zombie? All right. This might blow your mind. What if the sheep is you? <laughs> What if I'm you and you're the sheep? <laughs> what if the sheep has clown makeup on and hangs out in sewers? What then, huh, Grandpa? <laughs> bad, bad, Georgie. Wait, Georgie? Hang on. No, it's Richie. God, you're so bad at I'm this. I'm so bad at this. <laughs> uh, but then we also get Beverly Marsh, who is, uh, for some reason, they... They age her up very slightly compared to the rest of them. Well, they're all supposed to be like 13, but she's the only one who looks like 13 everyone else kind of looks like 11 that's true yeah they're all they're all supposed to be playing 13 she is very clearly playing a 18 year old 13 (laughs) uh but beverly for some reason has a uh a slut thing that the kids think she is oh was that not in the original it book well normally they hate her because she's poor like her dad is the actual janitor of the school okay so they tease her for being a poor kid she's got hand-me-down clothes like that was the big thing for her is everyone has a reason for being an outsider oh they completely dropped that they switch it with a everyone in in school thinks that she slept with the bullies oh yeah they they slut shame her a lot and just have rumors of her having sex with people yeah so uh so that's that's become her whole character i could have sworn that that was what the book was I thought that the movie had changed, or the TV movie had changed that away, and that this movie had brought it back because it seems like a very Stephen Kingy thing. <laughs> no, no, the whole thing was just that she was poor. Yeah, uh, and then uh, she meets uh, the last member, Ben Hanscom. Yeah, the fat kid, the fat one, little fatty Dumpington. He's he's the fat kid, and he's the new kid. He looks like a little meatloaf. Yep, he's and not like a literal meatloaf, but like the singer meatloaf. That, that's what I was trying to say. Yes, yeah. he looks like the he looks a little, like it. He looks. 
<laughs> he looks like he would do anything for love except for that one thing. Yeah, and yeah. that one thing is stop yes. eating meatloaf. <laughs> and that was the condition of the marriage. <laughs> Uh, so there's a, a great gag when Beverly meets him that he's listening to music and he's the new kid and he's listening to new kids on the block, which is a great time frame set. Yeah, they, they keep doing this whole, it's 1989, the year this is. Oh yeah. You, uh, you see at the movie theater that it's playing Batman 89. Yeah. And also, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. five. Yeah. The, and they're, when they go to the arcade, they're playing Street Fighter 1. Yes. Uh, or I guess it would just be called Street Fighter at the time. Indeed. Yeah. The one that's a one-player game where you move from right to left. Er, yeah, and uh, you, you play as either Ryu or Ken. <laughs> no one's ever played it. It's it's a weird... Like, everyone's Street Fighter memory starts with Street Fighter 2. Yeah, the original Street Fighter was real bad, and I'm glad that they made Street Fighter 2. That is true. And now the rest of this review is going to be about Street Fighter 2, so... <laughs> so buckle up, kids. So if you don't care about Street Fighter 2, then be ready to enjoy, because <laughs> I'm going to make you care. <laughs> I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. Let's start from the top left. John, let's talk about Chun-Li. All right. So Chun-Li is dragged into the sewer. (laughs) (laughs) Beep, beep, Chun-Li. Hey, that was close. That was almost it. (laughs) Uh, So right now, not everyone in the losers group is together. No, it's just the four. You got the four, and then sort of we have the other three disparately spread out. Yes, and each one of them gets a scary story about how their life is bad. Yeah, we get everyone but Richie gets their own personal scare. So you get, uh, as we mentioned, Stan gets the weird painting lady. Yeah, his painting lady comes to life. Uh, Let's see. Uh, We get Mike Hanlon is... He's delivering some lamb meat from the farm that he's working on to a butcher, and he gets both a door with, like, burning people's hands coming out, Mm -hmm. and then also it opens and he kind of sees the clown through that, you know, that plastic butcher stuff that they use? Yeah. Uh, And then he almost gets run over by the town bully, who, again, is too much of a bully. Like, he's too bully. Oh, yeah. I mean, we should get into it. Uh, They definitely play down the other bullies in this, but uh, Henry Bowers is the main non-supernatural antagonist, and he is straight psychotic. He's just a frothing psychotic in this movie. It's weird that he has friends at all, like even other bullies, because he spends most of his time just standing in a corner being like, kill. It's just like, why would other people even hang around near this guy? Oh, yeah. I mean, at least in the other versions of it, like in the 50s, he's kind of that greaser nonsense thing. And you can do an 80s bully. An 80s bully has to at least be able to compose themselves around adults so they can maintain the lie. Oh, yeah. But in this movie, he can't. He's just, he's a little psycho. He's like a little Ed Gain. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, straight up, like, I'm going to carve my name into people with this knife. Yeah. I'm looking to, like, just beat people up in the middle of, like, oh, everyone can see this. I'm just going to punch this guy in the face. There's a point where he straight up attempts to run over the black, uh, uh, Mike Hanlon. Yeah. Like, tries to just run him over. Like, in town. Like, in front of adults. Yeah. It's just like, no, you can't You can't be this much of a psycho. They've, there's a line. There's a line where you're a believable psycho, and you can be like, I'm an adorable little psycho, and I'm around parents, and parents put up with me. But this is like, no, this kid, this kid has been taken out of town quietly already. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole background with him is he was uh, abused by his dad, mm-hmm. and is all fucked up about that and his dad's a cop so it's not like he can go to anyone with it yeah because the town has one cop oh yeah there's like two of them in the whole movie then again there's like the other one this guy's too crazy there's like five adults in this whole movie yeah it's true it's true but yeah they they did make bowers 
honestly, no matter what, Bowers is just straight crazy. He is too crazy to for believe like he, for even that bare edge of like eighties psycho movie believability. It, like it just doesn't make sense. Like he's just near the school, being like frothing at the mouth and threatening to stab kids. And you're like, no, this I, this kid doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't. It, he's the one of the few elements in the film that doesn't work for me especially well. Is all I'm trying to go at here. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got, uh, that for the, uh, Hanlon's Mike's, uh, scare was the butcher shop. Yeah. Uh, what's the fat kid? Uh, Ben Hanscom is scared in a library. Yeah. He's reading up on the history of dairy and one of the main, uh, dairy things every 27 years, there's a huge thing that happens like kids and adults kind of go missing a lot Mm -hmm. but every 27 years there's a huge event that kills a bunch all at once yeah and so he's reading about there was a easter egg hunt at a ironworks that the ironworks then exploded and killed like 102 people yeah and then there's this great scene this is my favorite scene in the whole movie where he's looking through a book of of pictures of of uh of the disaster and all of a sudden the book is just the same picture over and over and over again every time he turns the page but it's getting zooming in it's like getting closer and closer and it zooms in via these pictures to like a kid's head in the tree yeah which is actually a thing from the book so i was like oh neat that was definitely the best like straight up kind of cold scare of the movie uh, is that the book supernaturally is all one picture there's no sudden boo or anything it's just turn page turn page turn page oh my god a horrifying clown or that clown horrifying kid's head yeah and then because they have to really wrap this up he gets attacked by a headless kid yeah so he gets attacked by that kid who's holding like eggs and then drops them all and like jerkily runs after him i'm yeah. gonna say this they uh they depend on that like kind of weird jerky run yeah a they lot do. for pennywise pennywise in particular is mostly camera tricks when he's running and, and, and the whole movie every time he did anything scary all i could think is what does this look like to the kids because <laughs> a lot of his moves were like run while a pan and zoom is happening so like the the background's getting out of focus while he comes further into focus and it's it's like that doesn't that wouldn't translate all that well if you were looking at it with eyes instead of a a functional video camera on a dolly track well he's i mean he's basically doing magic almost the uh the samara run where he's like just jerkily moving really quick yes yeah so a lot of a lot of tricks in this movie are camera tricks that that make me i spent a lot of the movie going what would that look like if i was there it would uh it would look terrifying it would look terrifying because the clown is moving out of phase of reality oh yeah you'd be yeah. like oh uh this entire world physics has stopped so yeah, i'm gonna no, go no this is making any sense i i don't like being here but no, it's cool looking. Don't get me wrong. It's very cool looking, and you should definitely see this if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Who didn't we talk about yet? Uh, Beverly Bev has... Well, her story comes a little later on. It's after everyone meets up. Uh, no, before... Well, she meets them originally because Henry's going to fucking carve his name into Ben. Yeah, yeah. Henry has caught Ben by the side of the road and pulls a knife and he starts carving his name into the kid's stomach. Again, Bowers is too crazy in this movie. Oh, yeah. He manages to get an entire H and... At least in like the Tim Curry one, his other bullies are like, Jesus, Henry, you're not actually going to do this, are you? Yeah. But in this one, they're like, yeah, go for it. Fucking cut him up. Who yeah, gives a shit? It. Yeah. Ugh. It's like, whoa, come on now. That doesn't make plausible deniability of being a bully is relied upon leaving little visible evidence. Oh, yeah. You if can't you, sign if, your name in someone. Yeah. If you cut the name Henry into a kid and he's like, that dude attempted to murder me by carving his name into me. You can't be like, oh, maybe it was some other Henry. Yeah. It's not like your parents are going to have a, a brief terse discussion with henry's dad in that situation and then come away and go like we're satisfied yeah everything's fine they're gonna be like no you carved your name in our kid yeah you're you're done you're in jail forever yeah it's a, it's 
too, it's too much. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to harp on it. Uh, so he ends up like kicking away and going down into the Barrens, and Ben meets up with the core four because they're trying to find Georgie's body. Uh, yeah, they've gone to the entrance to the sewers in the Barrens. Yeah, because. For some reason, Bill won't let go that maybe Georgie is alive, which is weird. Yeah, it's been about a year. Like, it has been a long time, and the he thinks that he was sucked down into the uh, sewer, and I'm like, yo, if your little brother has spent, like, six months or whatever in the sewer, he's dead. He's dead. He's not living in... He's not a Ninja Turtle now. Although, you know, it's the late 80s. Ninja Turtles were a cultural touchstone at this point. I'm surprised we didn't get a reference to them. I'm surprised Pennywise didn't turn into a Ninja Turtle and be like, come on down here, we all float and have radical pizza. <laughs> Choose your cool ninja weapon, bro. What kind of renaissance painter do you want to be? <laughs> I'm Pennywise the Tubular Clown. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> he meets up with them and they all run away. And one of the bullies manages to get into the sewer and he gets straight like eaten by Pennywise. Uh, he's I was Pat- in the bathroom for this. Yeah, Patrick Hockstetter is from the book also basically just as crazy as Henry, mm-hmm. except he's more like, I'm going to molest you than he is, I'm going to physically damage you. Okay. Uh, but in the book, I think he gets eaten by leeches. <laughs> For Christ's sake. Yeah. Oh, like, it must be magic leeches, right? It's oh, like it's Pennywise leeches. It's yes. Pennywise leeches. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, but in this, he uh, finds like some of the dead kids that have gone missing, and they attack him, and then Pennywise just shows up and straight like eats his face. Okay. Well, there he goes. I didn't see any of that, because I unfortunately was in the bathroom for that very brief period. Yeah. Given that this movie has a consistent kill or scare about once every four minutes. Oh, yeah. It was it was a hard... I had to make a choice at some point. Yeah. The, uh, the thing with Bev is when she gets home, you see her dad, which is one of the very few adults you see in this movie. Mm-hmm. And the reason you see him is he's a super creepy... Well, it's clear he's been molesting her. <laughs> yeah, he's he is very much abusive in probably multiple ways. Yeah. And uh, also her scare is like blood and it's very much a reference to like she's just gotten her period i was gonna say there's no way that king would let that pass by she's 13 she and her scare is blood in the bathroom yeah so so yeah there's no way that wasn't the plan although in this movie at least they sidestep it by immediately turning it into a super soaker of blood oh yeah it is it is a nightmare on elm street one geyser of blood yes with hair tendrils that are trying to pull her into the drain and uh, the dad can't see any of the blood. We establish that adults just do not see what's going on here. Yes, they cannot. They cannot. They ca- they must they, not. They shan't. They they shan't not. <laughs> they shantent. They they shannon. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, there are a few more kids who get a few more interesting scares, and they're all very well done. Yeah. Uh, and you know, gets- Bill, Bill sees uh, Georgie in the... Uh, oh, the flooded basement. In the flooded basement. With the lead pipe. Yeah, and it turns out like Pennywise is great, because if you look, Pennywise is using Georgie as a puppet. Yeah. Like, he straight has his hand in the back of him. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting, cool sc- scene. Yeah, Eddie gets scared by a leper in front of the big haunted house that the whole town is scared of. Yep, which the leper is from the book as well. Yeah, and the leper's one of my favorite creepy effects in this. Yeah. He's all gross and he has no nose, but his nose is like moving in and out when he tries to breathe. Yeah. the Honestly, the leper is probably one of the better non-clown things from the book like it it's described really well and they did a great job of translating it to the screen yeah no it looks fantastic so so that was great uh 
So everyone but Richie at this point has seen something. Apparently because Richie's scare was supposed to be in the movie too, but it was stupid. Yeah, Richie in the book gets scared by there's a giant statue of Paul Bunyan in town, which actually exists in Bangor, Maine, Mm -hmm. which is what he based Derry off of. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's in the movie. There is a giant Paul Bunyan statue, but they were like, it's kind of dumb to make a statue come to life and chase after a kid. (laughs) So we're not going to do that. You have to make it so gross to have it fit in this movie. If a giant just metal statue of Paul Bunyan came to life and started chasing a kid, it'd be like, what is it? Am I I watching Jumanji right now? What is (laughs) this (laughs) yeah it's a it's definitely a little more like huh okay that's that's more in line with something like a gremlins or a jumanji or whatever where it's like oh there's weird scenes where things are coming after kids but it's mostly okay you know in the spirit of richie i I would like to let you know that my relationship with your mom's vagina is also based on banger main (laughs) yes thank you thank you (laughs) well done yeah yeah i'm pretty i'm I'm pretty happy with that one good job trash mouth All right, so eventually all the kids are convinced that there's something scary happening and they need to start investigating, right? Yeah, the probably my favorite scene is the one in the garage. Yeah, they all go to Bill's garage where I guess it Bill's dad is like a surveyor or something. He works for the the city and so has access to a ton of like maps of the city and shit. So in the garage they start watching a slideshow of things that have happened in the history of the town and looking at maps of like sewer lines and junk. Yeah, there's they have a like modern sewer of dairy and then a slide which is old dairy. Yeah. Uh, and then as they go through the slideshow, all of a sudden the machine starts projecting or switching on its own, and then it turns into a movie screen, and there's old Pennywise. Yep, and this, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen the uh, the beginning of this scene, where the slides start going, and like Pennywise has hair moving out his face until you can see him. Yeah. Uh, but it keeps going, and is awesome. Yeah, it's a great scene. Uh, they like kick the projector over, and it just uh, sort of stops on Pennywise, and still clicks a couple times until he disappears. Mm-hmm. And then it clicks again, and the clicks are great, because it gives you that everything's dark, and then everything's bright. Yeah. And when it clicks again, it's a, like... If that picture of Pennywise was life-sized, so it's a huge version of him coming out that's all, like, crazy wild-eyed and sharp-teethed and just chasing after them. He's, like, 20 feet tall, so he's on his hands and knees in the garage, but he's completely filling the garage, and he's bounding around in there like a puppy. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's a really well-done scene. And the whole, like, slides keep going, so you get this blackout and redo of the scene means you never get to look at it too long because it's ridiculous cgi it would look stupid if, he, if, if it was ever for more on sc- on screen for more than a second oh yeah yeah it's it's a cgi thing that you're like oh just getting flashes of this is great it's but if you were to stare at it you'd be like eh. well, yeah it's kind of like the ring has that scene where the open the, when the door gets open and there's the corpse in there yeah if you ever see that on freeze frame the corpse looks terrible but the getting it for like the two seconds that it's on screen is great yeah it's the scariest scene in a movie for for like forever yeah that, that one scene in the ring although i actually am much more terrified by the horses killing themselves parts <laughs> That shit, that shit's messed up. Man, you always have the weirdest shit that you're like, that's the scary thing in this. I'm like, really? Psychological horror is more interesting to me than gore. Gore, I'm usually uh, I'm evaluating it based on the special effects, and so I'm just kind of like, oh, that's cool. Oh, what a neat way. Look at the rubber effects on that. That's neat. Uh, so, But but psychological horror se- uh, sequences, like the the scary, like uh, in this movie, my favorite part's the, the kid who's flipping through the yeah. pictures, uh, because that stuff was like tense. 
Like, it was extremely tense watching him kind of zoom in on it and be unable to stop looking at it as it zooms slowly in. And it was a neat move for Pennywise to, to be like, oh, yeah. hey, look at this picture a hundred times. This is fucked up. As opposed to, <laughs> you know, turn the page again. I'm a clown. Ah, that that would have been less impressive to me. Uh, Good. So, there you go. That's why. Also, I'm scared of aliens. So yeah, I know. Aliens. If, if, That's if, your if, thing. Yeah. If alien if movies, Horror movies about aliens always get me. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about ghosts. No. If, if ghosts were real, I'd be like consistently trying trying to talk to them i'd be like what's up man what's it like being a ghost how's how's death how's death tell me all about that yeah i know rattling chains or whatever that's a terrible way to communicate by the way you should i mean straight up let's have a cool conversation here this is neat <laughs> but aliens are like no so there you go yeah uh so they all get together and they're gonna go into the sewers or the actually into, house. into nabolt street which yeah. is uh it exists in the book but they made it very central the the, normally, it'd be the barons mm-hmm. that they would go to a lot to try and like get into the sewers, but this, they really wanted to centralize one place, and they used Nabolt Street House, which is basically just a big haunted house-looking place. Yeah, it's a big haunted house, which is a great se- uh, setting for uh, multiple scenes in this movie. Yeah. Like, they go in there once to scare Eddie, and then again to scare the whole team, and then again to scare the whole team again. Yeah. So it's it's a good central place. They have that as like, oh, this is the, the central area where it lives, is mm-hmm like underneath this house so you get a good central focal point yeah i actually kind of appreciated this about it that they were willing to kind of give it a location and a home and one of the things about the late 80s was that the scariest thing was that weird house on your street oh yeah it's it very much plays on a lot of the 80s theme so it it veers heavily into the time period yeah yeah, so in the 50s, I could definitely see like a place out in the woods where adults don't go as a good scary location. Well, yeah, because that was much more like 50s, you're running around as a kid by yourself just doing stuff because whatever, it's the 50s and you can yeah. do that. In the 80s, you were expected to stay pretty much close to your house, so the scariest place you could be would be that one creepy house on the street where you know a witch lives and you heard that she was also a Nazi. <laughs> Nazi witch. Yeah, one of them witch Nazis. Yeah. So, so yeah. Those, oh, oh no, your Frisbee's in there, and you heard that her dog <laughs> will eat your dick. <laughs> uh, yes. I didn't do you. it right. I'm sorry. I know. You, you done goofed. <laughs> you goof. <laughs> uh, but they have to go in there, and first, it's just Eddie, Richie, and Bill go in. Oh, yeah, because everyone wants to stay outside and watch for clues. Yeah, they're like, let's just stay out here in case something goes wrong. But they yeah. each get their own scare room as well. Like, Eddie has another uh, thing where he sees the leper. One of the things about this movie that you have to accept is that you have to internally rationalize that Pennywise has a magic ability to break kids' attention. Because I'd say that one of the things that's recurring in this movie is every four or five seconds, one of them says, we have to stay together, and then turns around and wanders off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just recurring. It happens, I, I don't know, like 30 or 40 times in this film. Uh, just, guys, if we stay together, he can't get us. Ooh, candy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, at least there's one where it's just straight up, apparently Pennywise has the ability to teleport a kid. Yeah, there's, that happens. <laughs> but yeah, we get uh, another leper scene for Eddie. We get, finally, Richie gets a bunch of clowns, and we get a one of the clowns in the room is the classic Tim Curry Pennywise clown, which yeah, is that nice. Was, that was nice to see. There were also a couple of references to other Tim Curry movies, or not Tim Curry, to other uh, Stephen King movies buried around here and there in the book. Yeah. not Or in the movie. Not much, but they were in there. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure the cars from Christine and Cujo were we're in this if you know where to look if you if you look yeah well i mean given that it's set in the 80s now if you see a 50s car you're like oh hey look at yeah. that oh look at this car from christine yeah every red car from the 50s is the car from christine yes 
Yes. And every broken down old brown car is the car from Cujo. Yeah. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> uh, so, also, every man lying down is the guy from Misery. Yeah, all of them. All of them, yeah. Every lady is just the lady from Misery. Every sheriff is the sheriff from Misery. Uh, <laughs> every movie is Misery now. <laughs> Except for that beginning scene, the Georgie scene, you know. <laughs> well, the Georgie scene in Misery was particularly interesting. Oh, yeah, everyone loved yeah, the, the Georgie Con scene. Yeah, James Caan busily working away on his typewriter, and he's he takes a phone call about how his book is super important. And then if you look out the window in the background, there's a kid getting sucked into a sewer by a clown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well known. Well known. Yeah, documented. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they have to fight Pennywise there. Yeah, and uh, Pennywise has a lot of cool attacks in this scene where he pops out of like a big room full of clowns and zooms at them, and and then he... he Getting out of a fridge where he's all like, his limbs are all twisted and broken, and he just like crawls his way out and rearranges himself. Or the part where he uses blood to write not very scary, scary, and extremely scary on three doors, Yeah, and then forces the kids to go through one of them. (laughs) Uh, They open the not very scary, and it's just the top half of one of the missing kids. Yeah, that was pretty great. And she's like, where are my shoes? <laughs> it was a great scene. Yeah. No, Pennywise gets real creative and is fucking with people. Yeah, he's he's a, uh, this is a good Pennywise. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll be honest. I, I like Tim Curry a whole lot, and I will never not like the Tim Curry Pennywise clown routine, but this is a great Pennywise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, basically everyone watching this who has seen the Tim Curry one is going to be trying to compare it to Tim Curry. Don't. Don't bother. But it's a, it's a completely different thing. Like... He is not playing the same type of character at all. It's very, very different versions of the character. It's a completely different type of sewer clown that wants to eat children. <laughs> it's a very uh, different sewer you clown. You know, that's a broad archetype. The, the, the sewer clown archetype is, is very interesting. It's complex. There's, There's a, a lot, lot of nuance. A lot of roles. There's a lot of space in that band. Of, I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's a huge... So many actors over the course of human history have properly portrayed the child-eating sewer clown. Uh, whether it's Alec Guinness, who first trod the boards in... Hark, a, a, a child-eating sewer clown doth approach. <laughs> Yawn sewer clown. Yeah, and then again, later in his life, when he did seven children eating sewer clowns for seven brothers. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Good. And I'm done there. Yeah, good. It's just you. Alec Guinness, Tim it's Curry, just Guinness, and it. Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, we get them fighting against him, and he gets away down to the well. With But he ends up breaking Eddie's arm, and uh, he gets stabbed through the face with, like, uh, one uh, of those metal posts. Yeah, it's a fence spike. And he does a thing where he turns around real fast and slices Ben in the stomach, like as if his stomach hasn't had enough fucking I know. shit going People on. People are really mean to Ben's stomach in this movie. Yeah, they just keep slicing that motherfucker I really up. hope when they cast the, the adult Ben, and I know the adult, wasn't the adult Ben John Ritter in... Yes. Uh, uh, so he, he loses the weight and becomes a handsome bachelor. I know that's an important thing for his character. Yes. Uh, I hope he still has an H on his stomach in the, in the adult one. It is 100% what I am hoping is that at some point he takes his shirt off and there is an H and then a slice on the other side. Yeah, that's that's going to have to happen. Yeah. And also, it's a shame that we can't just use John Ritter again. I know. It's it's sad. Maybe we can use adult meatloaf to play it. He'd <laughs> Maybe. Be, he'd be way too old. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can use an 80-year-old man I'm or really whatever. Cur- I'm really curious to see when they do the movie if they're going to do it correct. Because 27 years later means all these people need to be 40-year-old actors. Yes. And they've already talked about having uh, the, the girl who plays Bev replaced with Jessica Chastain.
Chastain, who is 40. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But I'm wondering if they can get like a bunch of good 40-year-old actors to be in the movie. Because it's, it's going to be friggin' packed. Because this movie is doing unbelievable gangbusters business. Oh, yeah. They had such a small budget and are making so much money off of it. Yeah, that everyone's going to want to be in the next one. Yeah. And uh, they, they've they talked about a few. They've also talked about like Amy Adams as adult Beverly. I would be okay with that. I actually kind of prefer Jessica Chastain. I feel like she looks a little closer to the original role. Oh, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, they have, a t- they have a terrifying fight with Pennywise, and he stabs one of them in the gut and gets a bunch of people and takes a spike through the face, and then he jumps down a well. And this breaks the Losers Club. They, like, end up getting to a point where they're like, no, fuck you, Bill. I don't give a shit anymore. I don't want to go after this clown. Admittedly, there's a point where everyone in the movie, even the audience, is like, yeah, fuck you, Bill. Stop talking about your brother. All your- At this point, you want to avenge him. You don't want to find him. Yeah, you keep, like, th- when they're fighting, they're like, look, Bill, fucking Georgie is dead. Give that shit up. He's like, you take it back. I'm like, no, Bill, you take it back. <laughs> Georgie is gone. Own it. <laughs> just just <laughs> say, yeah, I want to fuck this clown up because he killed my brother. Don't keep going, oh, maybe we'll find him. Yeah, but uh, anyway, yeah, they break up. Uh, Eddie's mom shows up. In, oh, a, yeah. in a great scene to claim him and be like, no, you guys don't talk to my son. Don't talk to me or my son ever again. Yeah. And then they do a, a, a like a one month jump and then they just get together again and go back in the room. Well, it's because uh, Pennywise kidnaps Beverly. Yes. So because uh, it has taken one of theirs, they have to get together and go after her. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, Bowers kills his dad. Yep. That's a pretty neat scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Bowers is hanging out with his two friends, getting ready to shoot a cat. And the dad is just like, hey, give me my fucking gun back. And then, like, shoots at the ground near him. And he's like, everyone take a look at the paper man when he gets afraid. Look at this little bitch. Anyway, I'm going to go inside and get drunk. Yeah. And then Pennywise sends Bowers a present, which is a knife. Yeah. It's the knife that he lost earlier. Yeah. And then a TV show where Pennywise pops up and is like, hey, kill your dad. Kill your dad. There's a background TV show throughout this whole thing where it's just, if you're listening, you can continually hear them talking about like clowns and going into sewers and things like that. Yeah. So Bowers kills his own dad and then heads off to kill all the other kids at the at the local haunted house has a wonderful experience where all of them are going down into the sewer and the last one to go is mike and so he just gets into this fight with uh mike hanlon and 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 bowers is so crazy at this point that he tries to kill mike hanlon with a with a uh, bolt gun with yeah with the bolt gun that mike brought he's like i'm just gonna straight up shoot you in the head with a bolt gun yeah i'm gonna go all anton sugar on your ass yeah it's like man okay well i guess at this point he's killed his own dad so he's beyond the realm of plausible deniability oh yeah no he's no longer a bully he is straight up just a murderer yeah he's turned into a psycho murderer which is good because the next thing that happens is he gets pushed down a well and dies yep there we go uh, and then everyone goes wandering into the sewers where they consistently go, guys, we have to stay together. Now, excuse me, I need to wander off for uh, 20 minutes. This well, is this scene well, is this a little is, unfocused. This is the point where he manages to fucking teleport uh, Stan because Stan just like looks away from the group for a second and then is all of a sudden in a different room. Yeah. And he gets attacked by the gross painting lady who bites his face and then they chase her off. Yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> And then in that scene, he's freaking out, and Bill sees Georgie, and he's like, and I'm out. Excuse me, guys. I saw my brother perfectly fine having lived in the sewers for a year and a half. Time to go chase after him. Excuse me. I'm not going to go, guys, let's go get Georgie. I'm just going to run after him without saying anything. Yeah. He almost sneaks away. He's almost like, and sneak, sneak, sneak. No one can see me because this is stupid. Anyway, they Beverly, all on her own, is exposed to my favorite part of the whole movie that isn't the scary part. Which is be- uh, 
Pennywise the Dancing Clown dancing. Which, uh, literally, at that moment, they show a sign that says Pennywise the Dancing Clown on the, like, the side of a big pile of garbage. And I was like, you know, you never see him dance. And I was just about ready to file that away and use it in the review when the, when the stage slams open and there he is dancing. Yep. And it's a fucked up, scary dance. <laughs> and also has inspired one of my favorite memes, which is Pennywise dances to anything. There's like 15 of these at this point, and it's just great. Yeah, it's just Pennywise dancing to all kinds of music. Yet, he has yet to dance to the donkey song, though, so let's get that done. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, get he it. needs to dance to that there donkey song. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, he can't kill Beverly cause she's not afraid of him, but she makes her like float by showing her the deadlights. We never get the deadlights by name in this movie, mm-hmm. but it's a thing that shows up. I don't know what that is. Uh, the deadlights is, is, is it from Lord of the Rings? Yeah, that's it. it. You like, got it. In the marshes. Don't, yeah. don't, don't follow the lights. Is it the same thing? Is yeah. It it's crossover? in those dead marshes. Yeah. Oh, it's Beverly in the dead marshes. Yeah. <laughs> eh, Beverly Marsh. It's all connected. Yeah. See, it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah. Also Stan Marsh. There's a stand and a marsh, and I, I don't know, whatever. That's <laughs> yeah. the dad from South Park. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Everyone's Everything's coming together. I have no connection there. No joke. No, no joke, jokes. People. No jokes here, people. <laughs> Just references. We're like one of those date movie or scary movie. <laughs> yeah, one of those, like, uh, what was the one that was about superheroes? That I think it was just called Superhero Movie. There was Epic Movie. Epic Movie. That was the one where it was just like Iron Man shows up, but he's fat or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm Iron Man. I'm fat. A cow. And then he just flies away. Like, hey, oh. guys, you remember the movie 300? Here it is. Anyway, goodbye. <laughs> I'm a giant robot. I'm playing a video on my stomach. It's the Britney Spears guy. Yeah. Oh, God. So the uh, the group manages to find Pennywise, and he's he's scary and whatnot, but they basically have a scene where they beat the ever-loving Christ out of him, which is amazing. Yeah, there's one last scene with Georgie. Cause Georgie oh, yeah, where he bolt guns Georgie in the Even head. though the gun's out of bolts. No, he bolt guns Georgie with it, but then no, it's the a one-shot. Yeah, but the one-shot had already been used to miss Mike Hanlon earlier. The gun no, was, he reloaded. He, oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, he, he uses an actual bolt on Georgie, who then turns into Pennywise and then he shoots again at Pennywise but it doesn't have any compressed air compressed air but it still like knocks a hole into him which is because the power of Pennywise's belief and it works on him as well as he works on other people yeah it basically was doing the battery acid scene from uh the Tim Curry one where Eddie uses his inhaler god I'd forgotten how embarrassingly shitty that scene looked oh man it's battery acid yeah and so it was an updated version of that, which ends up being a lot better <laughs> for the most part. Although for the most part, all they do is just hit him with sticks and bats. Oh, they beat the ever loving Christ out of him. It is like there's a point watching it where I almost feel bad for Pennywise because he is just getting wrecked. That said, there's also a part where he grows giant spider arms and tries to kill Bill with them. Oh, yeah. I so, mean, he's, he's trying to kill everybody. Yeah. But the scene where he grows giant spider arms, I particularly appreciated because I was like, oh, good. There's the reference to the fact that he's a spider. And the next movie's going to have to disappointingly end whenever, when all the adults push a spider over and beat, <laughs> and beat up its midsection until its heart falls out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I cannot wait to see what they actually do with the ending of this. <laughs> I like to picture that part of the spider glowing like the weak point on a video game boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And probably Jeff's very favorite thing is when he goes and yeah. falls down a well at yeah. this point. If there's a reason for me to love a movie, it's because it's got a stupid part in it. But at least in this situation, it'll be something where John can agree that, can agree, that was awful stupid. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> probably the most, like, take-you-out-of-the-moment scene in this whole thing. Yeah. So he gets beat real bad, and his head cracks open, and, like, evil starts flowing out of his head, like, upward, like, floating out of his head. Yeah, because they all float. Yeah. And uh, he jumps in a well to run away but he's dying you can tell he's starting to die and as he dies with his hands clasped to the edge of the well and his head cracking open he says fear and then he falls away why does he say fear i don't it's so weird he's just like fear and you're like what yeah no we we get it you're based on fear yeah okay were you just telling us your deal or what's what's going on that's like how when i die i'm gonna say hamburgers (laughs) oh hamburgers (laughs) oh i've been shot i shall soon die but before i go i want you to know what i eat pizza Uh, what the hell? Don't, yeah. It was it, it was a stupid thing to have him say. Yeah, no, it was one of the worst lines in here. And I'm like, man, that was so unnecessary. Fear Factory was not a very good band. A good day. And now I die. Uh, Cape Fear. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they get out the sewer and they make a blood pact that if it ever comes back, they will come back too. Yeah, and then they have that scene where Bill kisses Beverly and she suddenly looks all wise beyond her years. The uh, the interesting thing also with the seven of them after they get out and they make the blood pact is they leave in the order that they actually die as adults. So Stan's the first one to leave the group and then Eddie leaves uh, and then Mike leaves. I appreciated that when Stan leaves, he just straight up goes, I hate all of you. Yeah, he's like, I hate you all. I hate this. I hate you. I'm leaving. Yeah. So they actually all die in the book too. I, I hadn't really remembered all that much from the TV movie about who dies. Yeah, well, Stan, I mean, this is spoilers for part two. If you don't want to know about that then i guess skip forward but stan when mike calls everyone to bring them back to Derry, when he calls stan stan's like oh okay yeah and then he just immediately goes and kills himself oh, rather okay. than return I, but hadn't they all forgotten what happened yes but it's when they get the phone call and he's like hey it's returned oh, they okay. all have this like immediate flashback of what happened and so stan kills himself rather than go back eddie gets killed by it when they go to confront him uh mike ends up being in the hospital by uh uh, well, by Bowers actually, but well, probably, not this. Yeah, probably by it in the uh, in this version, right? So, well, or unless Bowers survives, we don't know. We don't see a body. Yeah, I mean, normally it's supposed to be that Bowers actually takes the rap for all the killings that Pennywise did. Oh, okay. And so, because everyone's like, "Yeah, he was a fucking psycho," and then when they go, "Yeah, this guy was killing a bunch of kids," they're like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, he carved his name in that one fat kid. Yeah, that totally pans out. Yeah, yeah this all leads. This all tracks for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, there you go. That's pretty much the end of the film there you are so uh let's go ahead and uh give our best and worst for stephen king's it 2017 edition jeff best thing in the movie uh let's see i don't know if i want to say a specific scene or a a tool that they used in the movie to to great effect i'm going to say the updating of the movie to the late 80s was was a relatively inspired choice Mm -hmm. i feel like i I wouldn't have really cared about this movie if it was set in the 50s things set in the 50s just don't wow me all that much anymore uh the late 80s setting was smart well realized and a good update to the to the and also exactly 27 years from the tv movie exactly so very smart choice yep so that that was cool for me yeah and uh you know of course audiences nowadays 
being our age are going to be like, oh, I have way more of a connection to being a kid in the 80s and understanding, like, being freaked out by things then yeah. than the 50s, which is just sort of, who cares? You may have said it, like, during ancient Rome. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, granted, I still have this issue where every time I watch a movie set in the 80s, I'm always like, this is so extreme. Did I live in, like, the mild part of the country where, like, I, I was never once beat up by jocks. I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> you were. You were missing out, <laughs> I man. I didn't get, jocks always, well, granted, I was a jock in high school, but still, I, I, I mostly left nerds alone. Yeah, you were the nice jock. I was, well, everyone in my school was the nice jock. Uh, All the nerds were also sports people at my school. Oh, that's weird. I know. I know, I know it's weird. But, uh, even our football team had, like, an honors grade average on average. Huh. It's just it's just the way it was. But uh, anyway, I'm going to say the 80s adaptation was smart and well-realized. Good. So that's going to be my favorite thing. What would you say is your favorite thing about this movie? Uh, I absolutely loved the kids in this. Just the acting from them was amazingly spot on. There was no point where I was like, man, this this actor or this scene is just real bad because of one of these actors. No, they were fine. They were like, all fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the ones that don't get a lot to work with, uh, basically Stan and Mike don't have a ton to work with, but they both put a lot into their scenes. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I absolutely love that. The uh, the kid actors in this are amazing. Yeah, really good kid actors. Only one of them from Stranger Things. I, I wonder how hard they tried to get Eleven into this movie as Bev. Uh, but anyway, this was, yeah, both great. Yeah, so uh, worst thing in the movie for you. Fear. Worst thing in the movie for you. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know if I want to say that it's the fear thing. But Just it say it's the fear is. thing. Just say the same way. Let's start this over again, John. Take it away. Okay, what, what's your least favorite thing in the movie? Fear. What's your least favorite thing in the movie? Uh, fear. Yeah, it's dumb. It's a dumb line. It's the it's the worst line in a very well-written, well-acted movie. Yeah. And it's very jarring. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and give our rating. We're each going to give it a 0 to 5, giving us a total out of 10. Jeff. I'll give it a four, which is one of a really high rating for me. I really enjoyed this movie, especially for a horror movie. That's very high. Normally, for you. I don't care for horror movies, but there's reasons I don't care for horror movies. It's not that not that I'm easily scared, and it's not an issue with the genre entirely. It's that most horror movies are cheap, uh, shittily filmed, and they don't care that much about their story or the functionality of the story. They tend to be super formulaic and bad. This was none of those things. Mm-hmm. So all the things I usually complain about in horror movies did not make appearances here. Great. So yeah, I'm going to give it a four. There were a couple of minor issues that i feel like kept it from doing better but otherwise i think it's a fantastic movie and i recommend people see it there you go what about you uh i'm gonna give it the very first ever five. Oh god for this this show it is it's one of those things where i watched it i immediately wanted to go watch it again mm-hmm. i did watch it again recently and i still want to go watch it again it's one of the movies where i'm like i would want to own this and watch it because it's just very well done i mean jeff had mentioned there's a scare like every four minutes but the great thing is it it has a very like rising tension scare and then comedy kid moment and then rising tension thing it just never lets up yeah it's a good rhythmic progression of a film yeah there's no point where you're like man this is boring no never you're never bored during this film it's a well-made film and it's it's like two hours and 15 minutes and there's no point where you're like okay get on with it i feel like you know one of the things that people will gleefully admit is that the first of the two tv movies is really good and the second of the two tv movies is extraordinarily bad (laughs) i am very curious to see if they can if they can fix that in this in this movie's sequel oh i am super excited to see what they do because making the first movie completely focused on the kids was brilliant because the 
being focused on the children, you can do a lot more with those themes yeah. than having to like flash back and forth. Well, for some reason, the adults in the TV second movie, like I, some of them are really good. You've got, I, I'm okay with Harry Anderson and Annette O'Toole, I think, yep. and, and uh, John Ritter, but it's like they were being directed to act as bad as possible. Oh, yeah. Like the scene where John Ritter is giving Annette a massage, like while they're all standing in a room, and they're like, oh, everybody sit in the least comfortable way possible, and everyone look in the random direction and look weird and disaffected. <laughs> look like they're on, look like you're in the breakfast club. There we go. There we go. All right, are. now make that massage even less warranted. <laughs> less. No one's having a good time here. There it is. Uh, yeah. So when they actually get to the next one, I'll be excited. Now I'm, I'm curious to see if it's got a 20 minute long Chinese uh, restaurant scene that is pure filler. Well, they also a, an entire scene of riding a bicycle that is filler. Yeah, <laughs> that Chinese restaurant scene was murderous. <laughs> It's just sitting in this Chinese restaurant, and and light music is playing, and nothing scary is happening, and no one's even talking. No, it's it's, it's they have montage scenes in that Tim Curry one where you're like, were you just playing for time here? Nothing's going on. Out of, it's just like twenty minutes of watching these people eat Chinese food. What is going on? Uh, so uh, yeah, there you go. And and I will qualify my five isn't to say that this is a perfect movie, but it is one that I absolutely loved. And want to see a lot. That's well, my five. Can I say one of my favorite things in this movie that we didn't talk about yet is that this movie has Beep Beep Richie in it for no reason? Yes. Well, it, it's Beep Beep because that's a clown nose. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. Is that how they fit it in there? Because he's barely... Because they don't do any of his stand-up comedy stuff. He's just kind of a mean, funny little shit. Uh, but but there's a line where, where Pennywise pops up and goes, Beep Beep Richie! And I, I'm surprised he didn't just wink to camera. Wink! <laughs> Right? From the first one? You guys know. (laughs) Oh, man. We have been going on for for a while now on this movie. This is right where we should normally end. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening to our rambling, ridiculous review of Stephen King's It. Uh, Go see it in theaters. It's super good. We got a 9 out of 10 for the rating between us. Yeah. Uh, and if you like what we do, you'll, you want to support us. We of course have our Patreon going on. You can go to patreon.com slash system mastery and, uh, you can support us there. It helps us do stuff like paying to go see movies and expanding the shows we've got and being able to do more than we do right now. Paying our rent. Yeah. And paying rent and eating and staying alive. We both used to be normal humans with jobs, but San Diego has defeated us. I was once a man. Uh, I used to just be a regular circus clown murdering people here in San Diego. <laughs> Your standard sewer clown. Yeah, and then eventually I died in a, in a huge explosion because of an extra-dimensional space monster. And look at me now, relying on donations from people like you. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we've got all of our other shows. You can check out the System Mastery reviews of RPGs. 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 The favorite of pirates. <laughs> Uh, and of course we've got, uh, our bonus content that comes with the Patreon for those reviews. Uh, if we get to a certain level, a thousand dollars per episode, we are going to go weekly on our expounded universe show. Yeah, we're getting real close. And it, if you haven't listened to it, you don't need to know anything about Star Wars. You don't need to even give a shit. In fact, it's probably better if you don't. <laughs> Because the the expanded universe books for Star Wars are ridiculous, and we are going through Shadows of the Empire right now, and it is amazing how bad it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty phenomenally bad. So go ahead, give that a listen if you haven't already. It's hilarious, and 
And uh, just thank you so much for listening, supporting us. Even if you don't give us money, we love the support you give us when you listen. You can rate it and review us. Go on iTunes or Stitcher. That'd be helpful, yeah. Yeah, give us a good review, and it means other people can find out about us. Yeah, that's a, we always want more reviews. And a lot of the reviews we get are people who are mad at us for cursing. Yeah. So, so we, we really need to get that drowned out. <laughs> Ac- actually give us decent reviews. <laughs> Uh, or give us five-star reviews for cursing, because we're good at it. Yeah, Fuck was, damn shit. They've got great cursing. Hell-ass balls. <laughs> so until next time, though, you have a good one.